and spirit like was moving through me and like you'd be scared and you're just doing it and things are happening you're like oh man i just did that let's oh man that's this is happening so you're just in the moment it was so much fun man that was the most amazing experience i've ever had is that 24-hour play you are now listening to the living numbers and Tony Rambles, 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 and the Living Numbers Podcast. This is the Living Numbers Podcast, where everyone is interesting if you ask the right questions. I am your host, Tony Rambles, and we have an amazing guest today. Now, obviously, you guys got to like, subscribe, download, share, and do all of that wonderful stuff. But you already know that. But I want y'all to throw a comment in there. If you recognize this guy before I say anything, now don't cheat. Don't be a cheater, okay? But y'all know how we do whenever we have somebody on for the first time. We have to give them an elaborate intro, okay? I'm going to do my best here. All right, here we go. Hailing from. The City of Angels, Los Angeles, California. Our guest is an Emmy Award winner, inspirational speaker, and men's self-mastery coach, among other things. Don't try to put this man in the box. He has appeared on hundreds of commercials, TV shows, radio, video games, my favorite, films, such as Lucifer, Bad Boys 2, Criminal Minds, General Hospital. You may have heard of these, just to name a few. He pivoted from acting for a short time to now specialize in creating customized transformational experiences through Ma'at University and his various, various roles as a spiritual development coach self-defense and yoga instructor, emotion expressor, lion reclaimer, affirmation giver. I present Sunshine ah. Isay Luleko Ma'at El Cypher. Say oh, hello man. to the people. My mom will be very, very proud. You threw in the sunshine. Oh, that I knew was, you would that like that. With mama. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh man, that was that was the best intro I've ever had right there, man. You know what I'm saying? You put some of some of me, some of you, and some of mama. Can't nobody beat that. Really? Come on. Uh thank you. I mean, so, so it's a pleasure to be here, man. Thank you for having me. Thank uh, you for coming on and taking time out of your schedule. Uh when you know, when you when people reach out, and I, I've told this story a bunch of times, like I'm always thinking, like, is this spam? Like, is somebody trying to pull my leg? Like, is this BS? And so you you kind of reach back and you do some some dig and you're like, okay, 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 it's real, it's real, it's real. Uh, so thank you for coming on. Uh, I knew you would like that sunshine part. I knew you would like that. <laughs> That's awesome when we have people speaking to our lives in that way, because I mean, sunshine, you can't escape it. And it's always bright. It's always giving. So, but if you're down here in Texas where I am, like the sunshine, <laughs> it's tough. It's tough at times. Look, I got to tell you about that because your viewers might not know. You might not even know. So my mother <laughs> always, for my entire life since I was young, uh, uh, till now, she still calls me her sunshine, her S-O-N hyphen shine, her sun that mm -hmm. shines, you know, from within. And 
you know, the, what, what's so significant about that is that's the main thing. Like my mom was the one in my entire life that always saw me on the inside. She saw who I truly was. Now her just calling me her sunshine throughout my darkest days, that was always in the back of my mind, like identifying that I was always that light, that I was always that mm. child of God, that I was always that goodness. Even when I wasn't necessarily being good, even when I had forgotten, that was always there. So when I come out of my darkness to come back to that, that, that sunshine, mm -hmm. I realized how much it meant to me that that was a through line on my entire life. And, you know, that, that's the, I want to say that's the most uh, thankful thing, um, that powerful thing that my mother, she did a lot of other things too, but that my mother has ever done for me is to see me and that we can do that yeah. for our children, right? That, that's like the most powerful thing, most significant thing I feel is to be able to see a child beyond mm. the, the, what they're doing, beyond their skin, like to see the light that they are, to like always yeah. see them. I know you. I know you know you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Man, that's amazing. Exactly. So that's to that's have somebody in your corner like that. Thank you for throwing that in there. <laughs> yeah. I, I was like, okay. When I heard that story, because I lit, I do my research, as you can see, yeah. I was listening on something else and you talked about that and you can hear the significance of that in your voice as you just spoke about your mom. And just right now, you know, when, when people make an impact in our lives, like that means something. And we, we, we carry that, I don't want to say we carry that person around with us, but we carry the memory of how they made us feel. We carry that. And when the opportunity presents itself, it's so easy to go and talk about those people because of the positive impact that they made. Like my aunt Didi, uh, God rest her soul. Uh, she was that person, not just to us, but in the community, like, Miss D, like everybody loved her. She uh, was, um, she did hair. And so she worked at the salon. So she got kids and adults. Everybody got to get a haircut, right? Everybody need their hair done. So she was just a pillar in the community and people would see me and they would go, you look familiar. Are you Miss D's son? I'm like, well, that's my aunt. But, you know, she treated everybody like a son or a daughter. So I want to uh, jump into our first number here and we're going to jump into the, to the acting part and then we will move from that. But you have, according to IMDB, 91 credits to your name as far as uh, voicing and acting and all of the other stuff that you do. I want to know this because when I saw that you were in video games too, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Here we go. Here we go. Did you play video games growing up as a kid? Oh, of course. 12 you still hours. play? Not right now as much. A little bit with my daughter. She's teaching me the whole, like, Minecraft and stuff like that. Yeah. I grew up with the Super Mario Brothers. That's where I grew yeah. up, you know? You put you put the put the little cartridge in there, put it in there, pot, blow it, blow it, blow it, blow it out, yeah. put it back in there. <laughs> Blow it out, blow it out, do a little wipey thing and try to get it to play. So that's that's my era that I grew up, you know, you know, before when Sega, when Sega actually oh, yeah. was a big video game arcade, we had, you know what I'm saying? Before they actually had the console, the, the, the mm -hmm. Sega console. So yeah, I grew up doing that, you know what I'm saying? Super Mario Brothers and all that, man. 12 hours a day. Man, in the summertime, bro, 
either I was playing football outside with my brothers and my cousins, or we was playing video games together. And like, it would have been Madden or no wrestling. Oh man, the wrestling games, just forget about it. I mean, you be, like you said, 12 hours and won't even get up to go eat, depending on what we're doing and how deep we are entrenched in it. But what's the difference between working on like a video game or a movie or a TV show? Because I, I would imagine that the, the process is different for each one. How can you break that down for us? Yeah, um, I'll say with the video games and my experience with the video games, it's um, very loose and it's more like an acting class. And they're mm-hmm. trying different things and there's a lot more space to use. So sometimes like we, you know, we put on the dots and everything for the, for, the, for the camera and the suits and stuff like that. And you'd have, you know, these big areas where you have these cameras and you'd be in this big, big, huge warehouse with all these sort of like dots, uh, yeah. these cameras around you and these dots. And so you'd have, you'd have these big blocks. And so it's a lot of imagination because you really can't see the reality. There's yes. really no real scenes there. There's no real couches there like that necessarily, you know? So, so it's a lot like an acting class using your mm. imagination, relying on that and, and moving in different areas, different space and time. But a camera is catching you from every single angle. Right. So everything you're doing is being captured. So you don't have to necessarily, you know, find the camera because you're on camera on from every angle which is pretty cool when you get to like film it's very you know you got to be right there not much movement in a lot of cases you know you got the wide you got the medium you got the close-up so yeah a lot of times basically you know as an actor okay we're shooting the wide so i'm, I'm only going to prime my emotions for this scene i'm not going to go in deep for the emotions because we're shooting the wide and then you know okay, the director tell you, okay, now we're going in for close-ups. So you're like, all right, cool. Now let's start to let these emotions flow, whether it be mm. anger or tears, because now this is what they're going to use, the editor is going to use for the close-up. So you got to play a different sort of mental game and knowing that sort of process on how much to release depending on what's being shot. You see what right. I'm saying? The physical aspect. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, when the camera's coming in close, you, you release more because that, that's what they're going to use. When they come in close, they want the audience to see that. So you don't want to give it all on the wide because they're not going to use all, they're not going to use that. Right. So not not for those emotional parts, right? So um, so that's like more like film. And then you got like things like sitcom. Right? When I did like you know three camera sitcom or five camera sitcom or whatever that was, where they would use you know then you have a live audience right there. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So and then you got these cameras that are just on the fourth wall right there, right? And so you have to you know, stay here and the cameras are there and the audience is there, but then you got this live audience that you're feeling that, that's helping you yeah. act basically. So that's a whole different like beast right there where it's just like, you know, it's like being live, you know, live audience, live on the stage, almost like theater, but it's pretty much like theater, except you get to do it again. And sometimes you'll try the line again and they'll just tweak it a little bit and change one word and change one word. So that's yeah. like invigorating. And then you have like theater to whereas theater is like, you know, uh, it's just what you don't stop. You just don't stop. You just got to like, just go with it. And it's, it's got that live feel, but there's no takes. There's no takes. You just got to go with it. Whatever happens, happens. 
So yeah. if you mess up, you better make something of it. Because <laughs> it's, it's, it's happening. It ain't stopping. It's the train that's going full speed. And it's not going to stop for you. If you fall no. off, you better just grab on because you're going to be drugged on the train. You try to get back up on that train. So that's like theater. And then um, you got like episodic TV, like, you know, yeah, yeah. The, the dramatic TV, which is more like film. You know, it's along those lines, basically. Which, I don't know about, I'm just going to ask you, which one is your favorite to do as far as, because I mean, it sounds like you've pretty much done it all as far as how things are filmed. Yeah. So what what do you think would be your favorite? I mean, for different reasons, you know, um, film is always great because film is so classic for the final product. To mm-hmm. see a film in the final project, whether it be on the big screen, that's just like to watch that, to be a part of something so epic is yeah. there's a feeling after the fact that you're a part of something so grand. Mm. Um, but then the actual real feeling, theater. I mean, because that's live. That was my guess. Right there. That's just like, and then you're getting those laughs or you get, you can feel the audience or you're getting those, when you're dropping those tears, they can feel it. I mean, for like the live thing, it's not, not going to be nothing like theater. And I haven't done a ton of theater, but I've done enough to know, like I've done the most with like TV and, and, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, soap opera and then some f- and then film as well. But the theater, man, it's just like hands down as far as in the moment that and then also really acting classes is where you always have your best moments that never get mm. captured or seen by anybody except your fellow peers when you're there practicing. Those are the best ones, like live theater, acting class, and the other ones, everything else adds a different element, you know? Right. But, um, but yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like that film has that, and then the, the, the live element with theater has that element, you know, and the, and the TV, the episodic is kind of like a different level of smaller films. You get to get this very cool product, but repeatedly. So that's pretty cool too. So, um, you know, different ones, different, different, um, uh, things you love about it so what do you have one of those stories where you were in acting class or in something that wasn't really shot but maybe was some kind of some kind of practice where you was like man we just nailed that that was awesome uh, man I've had so many of those in acting class let's just say you know but but I'll just say one one in in the moment was when I did this play it's a 24-hour play so 24 hours well here's the thing it's a 24-hour play so the night before they would send all the actors in and actors would get on the stage to kind of introduce themselves maybe do a monologue so like the writers could see you know and then like pick who they wanted to write and then and then all the actors would go up the writers would see who that was and then they pick who they want to be a part of their 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 play then the the writers would write that play all night long so from like 11 p.m until like 7 a.m they'd write a play, right? Wow. And then the actors and then the director would come back at like 8 a.m. and start rehearsing that play all day long from like, let's say 8 or 9 a.m. until like 6 p.m., rehearsing everything, not getting, getting it on the page, memorizing it, getting in the character, understanding it, all that stuff. And so all, and then you have about 10 of those plays that would, there would be like, I don't know, 15 or 20 minute plays, each of them. So they would be like short form plays. Mm-hmm. Each of those 10 plays will go up at night starting at 7 p.m. So from 7 until 10 p.m., all of those 10 plays will go up. So in 24 hours, 10 plays will be written, wow. rehearsed, directed, and performed in 24 hours and done 
by 10 p.m. the next day. That was the most amazing feeling because if you want to experience like a, you talk about that train that I that I that I've been on. That's, that's a like bullet a train. Ship. It's like a rocket ship because you don't have anything that solid. You don't have time, but you got to really just go and and spirit like was moving through me and it like you'd be scared and you're just doing it and things are happening. You're like, oh man, I just did that. Let's go. Oh man, that's this is happening. So you're just in the moment. It was so much fun, man. That was the most amazing experience I've ever had is that 24-hour play. That, I've never heard of that. I mean, obviously, if I'm not in the theater scene like that, I probably wouldn't know. But that sounds like, that's, that sounds like hot and heavy. I guess that's the first analogy that comes to my mind. Fast and furious, you hit it. it. All for that short, like, 15 minutes yep what's the because i'm i've always like thought about like man i I wonder if i could if i I wonder if i could be an actor i've talked about this with other guests because i've had people who have done some acting i haven't had like an actor on but who's someone that you've had like great chemistry on scene with on set with well the first the first person that comes to mind is a director actually Ooh, very good. I like it. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's, he's, he's an amazing director. He's in, has a visual effects company. His name is Matthew Russell. And mm-hmm. um, that's where I learned that back in 2008, we did a film together. And we're still really good friends to this day, actually. And we create projects together and whatnot. When we did that first film together and I saw my performance, that defined for me the actor-director relationship what it can be because when I looked at what I was doing on camera or what was coming through me on camera I couldn't claim that work as mine alone it was our collaboration it was it was what we had done together he had put his heart and soul and came halfway I put my heart and soul and came halfway and what was created was something bigger than both of us could have created and with, with him it's really really special and I tell him this all the time too and he tells me a lot of things too but when he and I are in each other's pres- presence creatively, he is my creative soulmate. Mm. It's like, it's literally like the Holy Spirit comes through me. And when we are creating together, him and I, it's, it hasn't happened with anyone else, but there is just a, another power that comes and takes over when he and I come together. Like he sees me in a certain way and I see him in a certain way and there's 100% trust from both of us and then we've come here to like put it all on the table and Spirit's like all right cool y'all are committed we're gonna like we're gonna come and commit too you know uh that's definitely the most significant you know is me working with Matthew Matthew Russell that reminds me of somebody and my wife calls him my best friend I just call him T we'll just use T and as teachers, you know this, you have to create lesson plans, right? You got to pretty much lay out what are we going to do for the semester? And then from there, like, what are our units? And then from there, what are we going to do each week inside of these units? Blah, 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 teacher stuff. When me and this guy get together, much like you were saying, when you were telling this story, I thought about it. When we start putting together stuff, it's like, it's like magic. He has to like reel me in. 
he's like, bro, like we don't even have that much time to <laughs> do all of this stuff that you want to do. But like when I start thinking creatively about how I can teach my kids and you probably do the same thing as a teacher, how can I best get this message across so that it can impact these people at the best, the, at, at the, the highest level that it can. So that's what I'm, I'm, I'm thinking grand. And so when we get together, we start putting stuff together. I'll start emailing them or texting them. And it's been like that for, I want to say probably a year and a half. And so we get together almost every day. Like uh, that's not normal <laughs> with teachers. We don't work at the same school. Yeah. So we're just talking and texting and blah, blah. I'm like, man, I got an idea. And so we could be doing anything. And I'm probably much like you and this guy's like, you could be doing anything. And you might go, oh, wait a second. I think I got something. And he's like, shoot, he gives you that creative space. So I want to kind of transition here into our, our next part, right? And our next number is 14.3 years old. I know that's not a, I guess that's like 14 and three months. I don't know. But that's the average age someone inquires about acting. I just looked that up online, right? That may be the perfect number that may be totally incorrect. Hey, I'm sure there's give or take somewhere. But you used acting as a vehicle to find yourself. I heard you say that on another podcast. And I was like, okay, yeah, we got to explore that. So my question here is how would you compare those two people, the person that you were uh, before acting and then the person that uh, presumably you are, I don't know, maybe that person that you are now started, I think you said maybe 10 years ago when you kind of figured things out. So compare those two people, where did they get their their traits, their motivations from? I know that was a whole lot. No, no, that's, that's it. Actually, there's there's three people, let's just say. There's three. Okay, I like it. Right, so there's the the before. Then there's the after the before, which is like the during process. Mm-hmm. And then there's the now, actually. Okay, okay, I like it. That. They, they all go hand in hand, right? Beginning, middle, end, so to speak. Um, so beginning... I was, let me see how I can really sum this up. In the beginning, I was, Take your time. I was scared. I was scared and stuck mm. spiritually. And, and that really led to every other area of my life. Mentally, I was stuck. Emotionally, I was stuck. Physically, I was stuck. Spiritually, I was stuck. And I wasn't aligned with me. I was thinking and feeling and doing things over here and thinking and doing something over here, thinking and feeling something and doing something totally opposite. My, my, everything was so misaligned. Mm. The reason why I started acting, I remember what happened actually specifically the moment when I really, when it got, became personal. <clears throat> yeah. I was uh, at Bobby Shaw Chance's class. I think she's still teaching now, probably directing a film. Amazing teacher, Bobby Shaw Chance, a woman in Studio City. Look her up if you're looking to act. Shout out, <laughs> shout out. Some teachers too, Bobby, Bob, um, uh, uh, Richie Chance. Um, I was in her class on a Thursday night, showcase night. So it's not regular mm. acting, it's showcase. So there's producers and managers and agents there. And, you know, the girls are in their little tight dresses and yeah. perfume. Everyone's got their headshots and 
it's it's just nighttime and you know everyone's you know coming there and trying to put on their best foot not everyone's invited to the thursday night only the best from that have been acting and committed you know the other nights for weeks practicing their scenes are invited to the thursday night this is so vip it's a big yes yeah, a vip it's a big deal so i remember i'm doing the scene i'm in the middle of my scene and i'm literally i'm uh, if you're the camera if you're the audience if you're the audience looking at me i'm facing this way and there's a there's a there's a stage light right there on the ground you know six feet out the ground there's a stage light over there the audience is right here and i got my this this actress i'm in the scene with and i'm looking at her this way and my voice is actually already starting to do what i'm thinking and my voice i was trying i was talking to her and my voice was was it was all caught up in my throat and i was saying the lines and i was talking like this and i was talking breathy and the lines were like barely coming out and i just felt all this this heat i felt everybody looking at me my my oh, face man. was burning and bobby comes in with her bold and beautiful self she's like cut 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 you know <laughs> I by kiko you know back then obviously she said cut cut what are you ta- saying doing kiko just just talk why are you sounding all breathy just say the lines just say the lines and i'm thinking i'm like yeah i'm i'm trying i'm really trying to say these lines but like i feel like i was i was I was had stage fright and somebody's hands were on my throat and it was just mm. collapsing in on me. I had all this fear and I was like, man, what's going on here? I was freaking out. And so I ended up, you know, she said that and I was thankful that she saved me from my own demise on keeping doing that. And I finished the scene and it was a little bit better, but it still wasn't great. And I, I got off the stage and I took my little, gave my little fake smile and like, oh, thank you. Clap or whatever. That was crappy. And, um, you know, I got off the stage and then I, I, I went right outside and I, I said, man, I think I cursed at myself. And I was like, man, what was that? I was like, F that. That's that wasn't me. I remember thinking that wasn't me and being so yeah, disappointed yeah. in myself. I was so disappointed because. That wasn't the truth of me. And I said, I remember cursing at myself. I said, F that. I was like, OK, it's on. It's like, I'm going to do it. Yeah. I was like, okay, 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 okay. I see what's going on. I see what's going on here. And so I said, that's when I actually took it on. And I, I committed to the acting uh, because I just wanted to be true to myself. So that, and I made that transition. And then acting for many years, you know, mm-hmm. from, you know, 2000, I think that was like 2000, the year 2000, right around there until to, to 1999, until when I really left was around 2009. So about 10 years, I used it as a tool and, and it became very right, successful. Right. It was on a TV show, series regular and all this other stuff, did films and stuff like that. And then I kind of lost my way because I didn't have like really the spiritual foundation. Mm. I didn't have the, the, the foundation of really a deep, deep sense of me. So it was a great starter to get me going, but it wasn't a finisher. And right, I think right. that that's really something really to take key, especially for the the youth that are that are checking it out and saying that I'm I'm inquiring about this. It's like it's a great thing to get you going to develop yourself in certain ways, but there's I was missing the actual spiritual deep practice that right. really took my acting to a whole nother level. So when I mm. walked away and really started investing in me, 
and really develop a real spiritual practice where I learn how to meditate and really get a good diet and a discipline and getting up early and learning how to breathe and doing kundalini yoga, you know, and martial arts and found a real practice really started. That's when I really started to, like my saying, once you have you, you have everything. That's when I really started getting me. And once I really had a hold of me, after leaving the entertainment industry for a decade, this film that I told you about, this the mm-hmm. entertainment industry started coming back to me. And the acting that I was able to do on set now at this stage blew everything out of the water that I was able to do before. Yeah. Because I had, with a pure heart, invested in me um, and being able to be, really, if I were to sum it up, I was, ab- I was able to... I invested in me and being at peace in my heart, in my soul, in my mind, and all those being aligned with my spiritual practice. I was able to anchor my life and and myself in peace. And I've never acted from that place before until now. I've never acted from peace. Yeah, yeah. To be able to be creative from a place of peace, you can do anything. Yep. It's like, I, I, I know who I am. So it doesn't really matter what y'all can what y'all are gonna say or what you what you really think. I always say though, before I go off on the ring, there are some people's opinions who matter. Most of what most people say does not matter. <laughs> most of what most people say does not matter. Some people they have a little bit of say where you go, okay, I trust this person, they know me, I can listen to them, and I trust the advice that they may be giving me, or I trust the feedback they that they're giving me. But even those people, sometimes you got to say, you don't get it this time. Cause I, I know exactly, like you said, I got everything lined up. Trust me. I got this one, but those people, you handle them a little bit differently, a little bit more delicately. You, you take their advice into consideration. You say, thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for talking. But you know, I think I got this one. And those people, they respect you for it too. They that they reciprocate that because they go, okay, you know, I know Issei, I know he he knows where he's going with this. And even if he takes my advice or not, I trust him. Yeah. I trust him. You bring up a really, really important point, especially for the young people, something that I didn't have. So if someone's looking at acting or whatever, what you're bringing up is having a mentor or a role model, or having someone that actually is a good example that can guide you, you know, because yes. that's really important. You have, let's just say, you have three classes of, uh, of guidance. You know, you may have the regular people that's like, ah, I don't care what the crowd says. I'm not doing it for the crowd. They're going to have all their different opinions. I don't listen to anything what the crowd says, right? Mm-hmm. But then you have your mentors, people that have proven a certain level of- yes of 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 caliber of relation in your life because they have a certain life they've gotten a certain level of results you guys have a certain yes. relation there's already there's trust that yep. needs to be respected and we s- surround ourselves closely with those people right because yes. they they've earned their spot they've earned it and then what you said also is like you you, you surround yourself with these people. Sometimes it might be in different areas. You might have a financial person a, or a business person. You might have a spiritual one over here. You might have a creative one over here. Well, the creative one is not going to necessarily give me financial advice 
or the, the financial advice is not going to give me creative advice. Exactly. So like exactly. You surround yourself with the appropriate people, but ultimately, like you said, you also make the, the ultimate choice because it's always your decision and your connection to your creator, whatever you believe right there, because we have to learn yes. how do we, we trust ourselves. So like understanding those distinctions is really, really key, especially for a young person, because you're going to do it not just when you're young, you're going to do this for your entire life. I have mentors, I have coaches, I do coaching, I coach people, but I make sure that I'm getting my coaching so I can actually, and I always run things by, run things by a certain set of people in my life. So definitely mentoring and surrounding yourself with your, your council of guides and mentors. Yeah, yeah. What's one of those stories before we move on? Because I want to get to my odd university. What is one of those? Uh, take us back to a, a memory or an experience where you go, dang, I think I'm, I'm growing. Like I can see it. Like it was a, uh, a confirmation that you were moving into the right, the right direction and you weren't that same person that you were before, you know, after going through these experiences, after stepping away from, from Hollywood, you know, what is an experience or a memory that you have where you go, you know what, I think I'm going in the right direction. I think I'm doing all right. Well, I'll, I'll tell you one that's really, that was really significant. It's the, the most significant at this point, because I've had many of those, mm-hmm, especially mm-hmm. throughout my marriage, which I've made a lot of mistakes and messed all that up. Thank you very much. <laughs> Learned a lot from it. As long as, look, we're supposed to make mistakes, but learn from them. Turn yes. those, those, those mistakes into gold because that's what they're waiting for, right? But the, the most significant thing at, at this point in my life <clears throat> is, has to do with my marriage. And we were co-parenting, so we had completed. We didn't have a divorce. We had a completion ceremony. And mm-hmm. it was- What actually- is that? Please explain. Well, what that it's, is? It's, it's when you're when you're completing the container of marriage, but in a very the most amicable way. So think about like a wedding. So usually you have like so think about a wedding, except a wedding at the end when you complete the marriage. Mm-hmm. So it's ceremonial. You acknowledge each other. You kind of you say closing vows instead of the wedding, which is opening vows. You say your closing vows. There's a lot of love. It's all heart that you're acknowledging your partner, you're giving them your blessing and promises, how you're going to support them on this new journey, even though you're not going to be together romantically or as husband and wife anymore, right? Okay. Which is very different energetically from a divorce, which is an, is an ending to a marriage, because that's, we all know what divorce, warrior, negativity, fighting, we all know what that is. This yeah. was a completion ceremony. And me and my former wife actually helped couples also to complete instead of to divorce. So to answer the question though, the, she, she basically, we had a garage studio. That's where I did my work, my, my acting stuff. So our garage converted into a studio, got you know red walls right here, or no red wall there, two gray walls right there, sunlight, white at the ceilings, got my big corner desk over here, gray carpet, yeah. stuff on the walls and stuff like that. So she burst into the studio, right? She burst into the studio and she was like, I need you. She, had, she was dating someone at this time and I wasn't, but we had given each other blessing. We had been co-parenting for about in the same house for about two years now. So we had completed, like we had said, okay, I'm, I'm, we're, we're complete with this. She burst into the studio and she said, I need your blessing. Cause she was stuck. She wasn't able to really give her deep heart to this man because 
her and I have a spiritual connection. She said, I need your blessing. Will you give me your blessing, you know, to, to, so I can move forward in this relationship? To move on. She felt, she felt like there was a stuck, there was something undone with her and I, right? Okay. So I'm in the middle of something. I'm holding stuff. I've got all this stuff right here. And I'm like, uh, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, I guess we're going to do this right now. And I dropped what I'm doing. And I said, okay, because when you do something like that, you can't just say, oh, yeah, yeah, I give you my blessing. Go ahead and love him. Yeah, you can't Cool, go for it. it. You can't do that. You had to say, yeah, it's, it's literally closing vows, just like your wedding. It's closing vows, but in the moment. So it was impromptu. So mm-hmm. we had looked at each other, held each other's hands, and we started going through this process. And like spirit started taking over. And the words and just started flowing out and, you know, and then... I basically gave her, we gave each other each other's blessing. But I told you I was all disconnected throughout our entire marriage. So what happened here was something so magical and divine. For the first time, all of my thoughts, all of my feelings in my body, all of my spoken words and all of my actions reflected with the word of God. I was giving her my blessing and giving her my love and giving full heart everything without expecting anything in return. I mm-hmm. just, I was just loving my sister. That was the first time that I got a line like that. It was like, think about, about a Christmas tree. You know, Christmas trees had those lights that flicker like this and they flicker, flicker, flicker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I was trying to get that sunshine to bling on all at the same time throughout yeah. our entire marriage. But they were just flickering here and then, then this will go off, this one come on, that one will go off. And it was like that. It was like that. It's like, oh, I got it. Oh, but this one's off. It's like, oh, 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 oh. For the first time here, that's when it all came on. All my lights came on. Mm. And I got this experience in my body of what love truly was. To give to someone without expecting anything in return and to fully, fully give my full heart to somebody and to bless them. It's like, I don't want anything. It's like, I got to exemplify and embody love and express it, not wanting anything, but just because I am love. And, and we all can be, we all are love. And so from that moment forward, that's when I actually entered what I call manhood permanently. That's when it all made sense to me. That's when I could see, I knew my value. I understood the impact. I understood the value of a, of a feminine, my opposite. I understood this male female dynamic from an experiential place. And I started right. building my foundation from there. And so like after experiencing that, you didn't want to go, hey, wait a second. I just found something here. Wait, like come back. <laughs> let's let's try it again. Yeah, I know everyone. Everyone says stuff like that. This is I mean, can we go deep just for a second? Just a smidge. Go for it. Just for a second. Just for a second. All right. And we're going to pull out. We're going to go too, too deep. Um, you know, <clears throat> Her and I are very, many of us have our soulmates. We're very connected. And one of my mentors said to me a long time ago, he said, you know, Kiko, it's divinity before humanity. And, and that was at my lowest point. And I looked at that and that, that ideology came back to me, especially in these times. And I looked at her and I said, she right now is my ex-wife. But if that's true, really is before humanity which makes sense energy before matter like who is she divinely to me 
And I had already been deeply meditating on this stuff for years and really thinking about, I'm like, well, she's my divine sister before she's my ex-wife. And so I had to look at her like my divine sister because we're, we're brothers. My dad is my brother before he's my dad. My daughter is my, my sister before she's my daughter. My mother is my sister before she's my mother, right? She's my, we're divine, we're brother, we're divine siblings. So, so this, the marriage completing was a part of our spiritual journey. Mm-hmm. I understand much more of our physical relationship. I understand, I really operate and I started operating from the, the spiritual relationship, like our soul connection. And when we do that, when we understand the soul connection, not just the human connection, you understand that this temporary romantic uh, uh, human connection serves a purpose. It's not for that. This is for this. This serves this purpose. I relate to her in this particular way. So I say, and people say this to me all the time, well, you love, because I profess my love for her. She is the love of all my lives. And people always say that sort of thing. Well, don't you think, here's the thing that I've come to realize at this particular point, Mm -hmm. marriage, which I think probably answered one of your questions too. You, You kind of, marriage is not the pinnacle. It's not the pinnacle. I'm not saying it's not great. Don't get me wrong. Don't get offended if you're listening to this. <laughs> I'm not saying that it's not great, but it's not the pinnacle. It's not the foundation in okay. my experience, in my experience of what her and I have or what a male and female can have. It has nothing to do with romance. Our connection with her and I, what I've come to realize is grounded foundationally in creativity we create together that doesn't mean that we always have to be romantic but we always do create amazing things together no matter Mm. if we're being romantic or not that container of that creating a child and being romantic and husband and wife and titles that we completed that container now i'm not saying we might not ever do that again maybe that time will come again because really technically man if you can if you can vibe with this she's never been with me before She's not the real been, you. Not never been with me. She was only with a a a, a that, so that's that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, right. we haven't lined this thing so up here's, yet. So like, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. You don't just you don't you don't just learn who you are in the matter of months or days or even a few years. Takes time we're onions we're spiritual onions you got to peel one layer and there's so much wisdom right there you got to process and digest it and there's so many things you need to learn I was, oh man that's that's oh oh okay 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 i'm so here's the thing i'm not opposed to us being together but considering that this is our real relationship our spiritual relationship right mm-hmm. many lifetimes many lifetimes when if we ever are together again in this life. It's not going to be immediately. It's not going to be now. I am going to have so much to offer because I've learned mm. so much and I've transformed so much. So if and when, which we probably will, you know, not more than right, 10, I don't know, 10, 15 years or whatever, when we are together, different ball game. She's not even going to recognize me, my energetically, energetically. It's going to be so, I'm going to turn her soul inside and out. 
she's never, she's never gonna be, a, she's never have experienced someone like me before. So when and if that happens, trust me, I wanna be ready. I'm not just gonna go into it willy nilly. You see what I'm saying? Get I'm gonna be like, I'm gonna have, I'm gonna have like my, my ammunition, my spiritual. I'm like, no, no, no. I've been working on this. I've been working on this. I've been working on this. I've, I'm like, and I'm not getting her dirty. I'm on my game. I'm. Yes, yes. When it does happen, she's gonna be like, like, dang, I didn't even know. I didn't even know. Like all of this was here. It was like somebody turned the lights on in the room. They let the sun shine ah! in. No, you did it. No, you did it. Ah! <laughs> Okay, real quick, because this, I mean, I think this story that I'm going to tell 100% applies. So my wife and I, we met in 2010, and I'll give the short version. We met in 2010 in psychology class. I was like, dang, she fine. I'm going to talk to her. And so I didn't just go up immediately. I'm like, okay, I got to I gotta make sure my hair is cut. I, I, I can't wear like sweats, basketball shorts. You know, I, I got to come correct. I didn't get to talk to her at first. She was on the phone. So I had to talk to her friends first. Mm. So I'm like, I'm here for her. Like, this is the one I'm I'm after. And they was like, oh, okay. You know, so we make little small talk or whatever. She wasn't on the phone long. But then that's when I go, hey, I'm Tony. Here's my number. I got to get to class because I did have another class to go to. But, you know, you know, hit me up. So we eventually we're friends for, I want to say maybe like six months. Then we start dating. And us dating was like, like you said, it was like flickers, right? There was, the light was on sometimes, but it, it wasn't really on. I recognized that this person was, was different. I wouldn't use the word special. I would definitely use different and that intrigued me, right? She wasn't fast. She wasn't somebody that went out and partied. She wasn't, she wasn't even a talker, which was hard for me because I'm a talker. I have a podcast. I teach speech class in high school. Like I talk, this is what I do. (laughs) And so that was very difficult for me. It was hard for us to connect, right? Again, those lights were blinking. Hers may be blinking at the top, mine are blinking at the bottom and we couldn't line it up. So we dated for like maybe six months and then I broke up with her. Because I wasn't lined up yet. So I wanted to go and do some things and look to the left and look to the right. I didn't want to do those things while we were together. That's never been the kind of person that I was. So we broke up and we were apart for a year. No talk, no text, no Facebook messages, none of that stuff. And when I started to get lined up, right, this is when I started going to church more. I started, you know, praying more. I was getting really in tune with God and what I was supposed to be doing and how I was supposed to be presenting myself, right? And so, like you said, those onions were starting to peel back and you start to unlearn the things that you go, that's garbage. I was taught that that's total garbage. I got to unlearn that and I got to get some of this good stuff in here. And so as that process was happening for me, over that course of a year or so, that same process, unbeknownst to me, was happening for her. Like she was going through her own transformation. Like her mom had gotten sick and she had to like basically run the house. Like she was really thrust into this role where we would both say that we had to lean on God because we we didn't know who we were. So we had to go back and find that foundation, much like you were talking about. I got to line this thing up. That's I love that 
illustration, right? Because we got these different parts of ourselves anyway. So her, she was the person that kept coming back to mind, right? Like you said, we, this soul connection that you keep bringing up, like that's never going to go away. And so I was like, okay, let me just, let me just do it, right? Let me stop being scared. Let me just send a text message. Let me send that little, hey, text. Hey, let me see. (laughs) Let me see if I get something back. Let me throw that line out. So I text, hey, she takes hey back. I'm like, does she even know who this is? Because I really, I really broke up with her for no reason. Like I, you know, I was probably the worst. And she takes hey back and, you know, we start to, you know, talk or whatever. I'm like, okay, okay, okay. All right. And like you're saying, like, I know myself, like, I know I'm different. I know I'm a different person. I have more to offer and I'm willing to do whatever it took but she didn't know that yet. I had to like bide my time. So we didn't even hang out for like six weeks. But when we did, it was like the lights were on and we were both lined up. And now I knew we started dating in September. I knew by like December, I'm like, yep, this is it. This is the person that's over, shut it down, close the shop, blow it up take the key, throw it in the lake. It's it's done. And so we've been married almost 10 years now, but we, we couldn't have got to this point if there wasn't a separation for us to figure ourselves out and line it up with, with God. That's always how I attribute us being able to come together. So man, if you know, if it's meant to be that's it, and everything is right, it'll I mean, happen it, it, look that that's exactly it you know um i'm not attached one way or another because a lot right, of people right, right. they don't they don't get this necessarily right away but i tell them like we are together like we we're together right now yeah in this way we're more together now than we've ever been when we were together and we weren't together she's like i said right. she's never been she's never been with me never been with me we create so man that's 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 exactly it man you know what i'm saying yeah man and that relationship nobody can understand it like y'all do yeah yeah and nobody's gonna be able to figure it out for y'all or if there's even anything to figure out right that's one thing where you gotta just go hey don't worry about it we we got this you know we'll figure out whatever it is gonna be or if this is what it's gonna be this is what it's gonna be (laughs) i hope all of that makes sense for all, our man. listeners, who, it makes sense to me and you. I hope that with the listening, it makes sense. I, I think it does. I think it does. <laughs> so we continue to talk about helping people and mentorship and connecting. So a lot of people meet at this wonderful place called college, which I greatly inserted in here, not even knowing I was going to tell that story. But our number here is the year eight fifty nine, which is when the first college was started. Now, man. Al Carowinye, I think that's how I looked it up. I tried. That was like an hour and a half ago. The pronunciation has left my mind. And then there are things that say, well, this is, wasn't the first university. It was a mosque at first, you know, whatever. That's our number, 859. Yeah, yeah. So that's not the point. Our point here is, Issei's manifesto is, once you have you, you have everything. I love it. 
a couple of things I wanted to bring up because this may have happened in this part. Uh, the name change. So you used to go by Kiko Ellsworth. Yeah. And at some point it changed. So how did that happen? Um, so yeah, Kiko is uh, still my name in the system legally. It's still my given name on paperwork, my driver's license, things like that which is totally fine. Uh, it's just how they identify me in this system. I'm not really attached to that. Um, I've been my, I've, I've had different spiritual names um, through, I think about four, four times throughout my life. And so I think I've been definitely preparing myself to step into my truest identity mm -hmm. in this life, the container embodied by a name that would energetically hold that identity for me moving forward, which is now, you know, Salaleku Ma'at El Cipher. So I have been trying on different names and I got into a point right before I had um, requested this name, let's just say, and also created this name because it, it was a part of, it was like a hybrid. Mm -hmm. You know, I had been on this journey. Uh, it happened about, uh, I want to say a couple of years ago. And I had done enough spiritual work where I really felt, I felt the shift. I felt like I wasn't identifying with Kiko, that that wasn't holding the container, embodying me. Like it was like I had expanded out of that. Right. If that makes sense. Okay. You know, uh, you know, it's like when you discover more of who you are, you're like, wow, I found there's more that's here. So now I need to reclassify this. This is now showing up something different, right? Mm -hmm. And um, when a caterpillar changes to the butterfly, you don't keep calling it a caterpillar, even though it is, you could, but it's not a caterpillar anymore. It's a butterfly. Something else. Yeah, exactly. So I hit that point and then I basically, I said, wait a minute. I was talking to, you know, Christine and, uh, and we have a spiritual council that we, that we rely on. And I said, wait a minute. It's like, I said, ask them this for me. I was like, what is the most appropriate name for me in this lifetime? And they totally understood that. What's going to like hold that container, that space? And so that's when the name uh, Isilaleku was given to me. And that means he who was born with an internal compass, Ooh. which is perfect for this day and age. When I heard the meaning, I was like, oh, that's so perfect because we're in these times but we have to know how to navigate these times. We really have to know mm. how to navigate. And uh, the rest of the name I actually gave to myself, you know, the Ma'at, which means truth, justice, harmony, order, balance, reciprocity, righteousness. It's like living by those principles. The All of that stuff? Yeah, those, those seven, seven, seven principles. Man, that's a great name. Yeah, and then uh, the L is like the Elohim, the builders, the angels that are the builders of our universe. And then this, the cipher, the zero, is that, is that pure form, that original form of spirit, of God, of, of the all, before coming into like this objective realm, when there's just this total uh, place, space of hetep and peace, and just total uh, uh, peace. So that's what that represents, that zero, back to that truest identity back to that home so it's like the mm. different levels of me so that's what my name means and i was i was ready for that and um you know i went to a men's retreat 
and someone started the, the first guy and one of my buddies started introducing me as Kiko. I was like, Oh, I was like, no, 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 no. I was like, like time out. It, it felt so wrong because I'd, I'd been, I had taken that name on just for myself, but I hadn't shared it just yet. But when he started introducing me as Kiko after several months of doing that for my own self, just kind of embracing the name for myself, because a name is sacred and especially a spiritual name. When he started introducing, it felt so off. And um, I said, no, no, it's like, introduce me as Issei, please. I said, oh, okay. And so I started cool. moving from that day forward, uh, identifying as, as Issei. So uh, that's, that's the story, baby. I was like, okay, wait, we got two different names here. I definitely got to touch on the names, but it's important because my art university, right, is your, your baby, your creation of many different things and just how you reach men and uh, help people. So I just want you to kind of talk about first, like your first memory, your first like flashbulb moment of, okay, this is my art university. This is kind of the, the first little inklings of that. And then I want you to tell us what it is. Yeah. So I had um, taken a trip actually to uh, Egypt, to Africa, to, you know, formerly called Kemet. And that totally changed my life. And I just started getting aligned in a different way and, you know, researching the gods and goddesses and, uh, you know, and then I came across the goddess Ma'at and then I started to see, I saw what, what she embodied, which were those tr principles of truth, justice, harmony, balance, reciprocity, you know, order, righteousness. I said, Ooh, like that's like, that really did something mm. to me. That's like those principles really strengthened me. Resonated. I about those. I said, truth, like that truth. Like, remember, that was the reason why I acted because I wasn't being true to myself. Truth was my guiding sort of principle throughout my entire life to, to help me get back to me. So when I saw that truth and then I had this deep under, uh, uh, respect for like order, order matters, you know, order and then harmony and balance and justice and righteousness and reciprocity. I'm like, yeah, like that's like when you really like that makes sense that like, oh, yeah, like I want to stand for something that actually can hold a space. So um, so that always stuck with me. And then the teaching thing, like how you and I were taught, the teaching thing has always been there. And so yeah, yeah. Um, I forget exactly how it was. But then I realized, I was, you know, it's like what I want to teach it's about actually standing for something. It's learning how to stand for something within yourself, how to be yourself. And these principles are a big part of that, like being true to yourself, having harmony and balance within yourself, right? Being righteous and, and, and having things in order and being mm -hmm. able to have that expand from the self. And so the Maat University was that space that, because uh, it seemed like the exact name, the perfect name, the ma'at, right? The ma'at and the learning. It's really about the ma'at and learning, you know, that space for people to learn. And then also really I've, at this particular point, I've distilled the teachings down to really focusing on the men because when the man fully enters the household, like what I couldn't do when I was married, I was so discombobulated. I didn't know how to energetically fill up the right space in the household. Mm -hmm. When the man doesn't know how to show up, Basically, if I put it in short from my experience, when the man doesn't know how to show up fully energetically with his heart, with his emotions, with his mind, with his body, 
he can't fill the space, the female has to overcompensate and sort of play yes. his role. Totally creates an imbalance. Yes. But when he can fill the space, now things line up. Be, when he can't, that yin yang balance is perfect between those two. They can create now. That household becomes balanced. Those child become balanced. The creation, the community can become balanced. The tribe can become, the nation can be balanced. But it starts with that primal uh, creation between that masculine and that feminine dynamic. Because look, look, there's nothing created, but the 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 what we've forgotten is to honor the masculine and feminine, the male and the female, the woman and the man. We forgot a lot of us, a lot of things that are happening in our world that doesn't take away from anything, but that is the core creation that allows all other creations to happen. If we don't get together, then nothing, the, the yep. child is not created. I'm not yep. talking about creating it from science and this. I'm not talking about all that. I'm talking about if the man and the woman don't get to get, to get together to create the child, the child will not be created. There will no be will be no human experience here on earth. So mm-hmm. we have to always protect and honor and respect that yes. primal creation, which is the yes. man and woman coming together as yin yang. We have to protect that because without that, nothing else will happen. Now everyone can choose from there because we can get together and create the child. That has to always be protected. I agree. And the respect part you said that's so key because like both people in their roles in in the part that they play it has to be respected like i respect you as a man and what you're supposed to do your role in the home your role as a father your role as a husband your role as a leader and the wife and this is where I think sometimes historically, especially in our country, that person is not respected enough in their role. So now they feel like they got to step out a little bit more and now things are off balance. And so now you kind of see where where we are. I mean, obviously where we live, we live in America. Okay. And then that doesn't even take into account all the things that have been done to specifically black people to then take that man out of his role out of his home out of his children's life out of his significant other's life his wife's life or whether whether they're married or not it takes that part out and now we have things out of balance so talk about maybe just a few things i know we're going along here just one thing just one thing that you do with the men at maat university to help them to fulfill that role. Yeah, the, I, the, I think the main thing, the main thing for sure <clears throat> is identity. Mm. Is identity because, and I'm, I'm talking about how, how we identify as a, a spiritual being in this human vessel. Which, which this human vessel happens to be male, right? My, my spirit is neither male or female. But this body is a male. And some, some spirits are born as a female. 
which allows us to procreate, right? But the main thing, what the program that I work through is called the divine man. And then we have the, an, mm -hmm. an upper level called the divine gentleman. And, but the, the basic program is the divine man. And really the core of that program is understanding, accepting, and embodying your own divinity. That's really easy to say. <laughs> but in the world that we live in, and the, the programming that constantly right. tells us everything the opposite, we don't understand ourselves as a divine being. We, right, right, right. we may understand it here, but what does that mean to like really embody living as a divine being, right? Being able to see with the first eye what the truth is before the second set of eyes. So I've said it really simply, and there's every man is, is different. Mm -hmm. Every man has a different starting point. We have different issues and stuff like that. But right. one man will start over here, one man will start over here, one hand will start over here, 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 all over the place. But all of them, it's about coming back to home right there. Yeah, yeah. And understanding that your nature is peace. And once we have a uh, reference point right. for what peace looks, feels, acts like mm -hmm. within ourself, because, you know, we got to look, give them examples what it looks like outside of them, yep. and then give them a reference point of what it feels like for that divine peace within you. And you're like, oh, okay. I now know. No. Now I know. Okay. Okay. I got. I, I got it. I know. I see what it felt like. All right. Now it's like. Now it's like you got to get your stuff in order. Now you got yep. habits. You got to start. Now you got thinking things that you got to start lining. Now you got eating habits. Now you get physical things. Now you're like, how do you treat yourself? How do you see yourself? Now it's all these different things that need to start aligning with that, which takes. It's like that onion. It takes the time that it's gonna take. It's a, it's an evolution. So that's yeah, what yeah. I help uh, assist men do. Typically, it takes, you know, for any lasting uh, transformation, it takes a year to really get that anchored. But at different levels, different men start at different places and some men come mm -hmm. and go and stuff like that. But that's really the basis of the divine man program. And then once a man has an anchoring of himself, then we can move into the divine gentleman, which more mm -hmm. is the expansion of what I just mentioned to you. The right? next level. It's next level. Let's just say he's found that for himself and he's solid within himself. But now it's like expanding that into the world, expanding that into your romantic relations. Now it's mm. like, you, now you're putting on clothes, like, okay, what's, what kind of style does this divine man wanna have? You know what I'm saying? It's like really expanding it from there. So that's, that's my main focus. That's gonna be my main focus, likely for the rest of my life. Uh, because that's, you know, once, once that man comes back into alignment, which has been a big vacancy, I'll just yeah. say this, because I think this needs to be said. Many, just like my wife, I mentioned earlier, she's never been with me. She's never been with all of me. Right. I just discovered me. Many of our sisters, mothers, all, yep. they've never even seen what a real divine man is in our culture. Yep. It's like a color that they've never been introduced to, that they've never seen. Mm. If I tell you, what's this color, uh, you know, purple? 
And you're like, Ripple? I don't have, I don't got no Ripple. What you talking about? <laughs> because we've only ever seen what a healthy, an unhealthy man does in this life. That's what we're constantly perpetuated with. But when we start to yep. see, oh, wait, you mean, here's, you mean there's a man that actually has, that can see spiritually, that actually won't hurt me spiritually or mentally or emotionally or physically. Mm. First of all, if you just get that where he won't hurt you, one thing happens to a woman, she falls back into the yin space and she's like, her whole nervous system changes. Cause she's yep. like, she's like. She trusts you now, security. You're not gonna hurt me. First of all, you can see spiritually. So you're not gonna actually go off in the wrong direction thinking that this is just a physical game. You can see spiritually, so you can guide me properly. Yes. Next, you have discipline over your thoughts. So now you're just not gonna let your thoughts you know, go off undisciplined and start creating some crazy stuff just because your thoughts are unchecked. You have discipline of your mind. Yep. And once you have discipline of your mind, that's going to start to actually create the proper emotions. Now you're not going to like go running off the handle, creating, you've actually done yep. the emotional work. When a man can do that work and be, let's just say the divine man that he is, a woman will naturally be the divine feminine that she is. She'll relax and she'll be like, her whole nervous system, her mind, everything will be like, ah, okay, great. I can trust. Now she has work to do. She's like, cause she's never trusted before. It's a new Ooh. thing for her too. Now we got a, this is a new dynamic that, that needs to learn how to happen again. Right. And this whole process. So that's where we're at right now, man. I'm man, with that's, that's amazing. That is great work that you're doing. So now we are going to go into the last part of what I do with every guest. Our three what's. So just three what questions you could answer them how how long or how short you want to. <laughs> we some long-winded guys. So I, I know, know. <laughs> this is the longest but quickest interview I've ever had. Oh wow. Okay. All right. All right. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. No, no, no. I'm not saying it that way, but it's it's just been flowing. Spirit's been flowing. Everything has been so, so, so it's 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 just popping, man. It's popping. So your three what's glad. I, I I'm glad. Okay, okay, here we go, here we go. What in your field, well, I mean, I guess that could be a bunch of different things or outside of it, what's an opinion that you have that will be considered unpopular? I mean, you've said a bunch of stuff. I, I think that would kind of fall into that. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, you can either reiterate one of those or you can bring up something that you haven't said already. No, 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 this one's, I think, the most important at this particular point in time, the honoring, protecting, respecting, protecting the 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 male, female, masculine dynamic, yes. the woman yes. and the man coming together to create. That seems to be unpopular in this day and age. This look, if this doesn't happen, nobody has any choices. Nobody else is born. That doesn't take away from anything else. It doesn't mean this. It doesn't mean that. Let's stay focused on the, what we're talking about here. We're just talking about that the male and female dynamic protected, respected, because that's what actually gives us life on this planet as humans and allows us to procreate. It's plain and simple. That's unpopular for plain a lot of simple. people. People get mad at you and they start to, you know, uh, distract and talk about other things. Well, what about this? What about, it's like, no, 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 no. We're not talking about nothing else. We're not talking about nothing else. 
We're only talking about you know how it is yin yang balance. It's yin yang, baby. That's it. Okay. All right. Succinctly done. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Congratulations to me. You like that, huh? You like that, huh? If you weren't uh, in acting, I guess in in my university, if you weren't doing those things, what would you be doing? What kind of work would you be involved in? If I wasn't doing uh, teaching, you could choose one: at teaching, acting, whatever. If you had to pivot, man. Look, okay, so if I wasn't doing what I'm doing now, which is teaching uh, and using entertainment to teach, if I wasn't doing that, okay. whew, whew. <laughs> come on, man. I, I I would just be teaching. I'm gonna go with that. I would just be teaching. Mm without the acting i would just be teaching let's just say i would i would um i would be a in a i would be a a, a spiritual kind of that's how I, I i would just be teaching that's my answer i would be, <laughs> be teaching without the acting put it like that there you go you just have to choose teaching okay yeah, i man, got you teaching teacher that is a hard one for people especially when you found like what you really want to do it's like i don't yeah. want to do nothing else yeah, don't yeah, make exactly. me do something else <laughs> okay last what and i think you've already kind of dabbled in this area already but what advice would you give to someone in high school so if school do school year starting i take this back to my classroom i'm like all right hey y'all this famous actor that you've seen before he's got some advice for you <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. What would you say? This is the, the child that's entering high school that wants to be an actor or just entering high school? What are you saying? Just the high school kid between ages 14 to 18. Okay. Uh, I would say get a couple of mentors. I would say if you a couple, let's just say two. Start with two. A male and okay. a female mentor that have proven themselves that are that that actually can give you real guidance get a male and a female mentor right trust your intuition on who that should be if the person mm-hmm. pops up just trust it right get a couple of mentors and allow them to influence your thinking and don't pay so much attention to your friends thinking understand that your friends are where you're at and when you're you're in a growing phase and we as kids, all of us, we know some stuff, but we don't know a lot of stuff. Because even us as adults, I still don't know a lot of stuff. But <laughs> kids, when you look at your friends, don't take stuff what they say or do seriously. At this age, everything means so much. And I know that it feels like it's a big deal. And it feels mm-hmm. like it's a lot. But truth be told, it's not necessarily that uh, 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 it's not that, uh, um, I don't want to say not that meaningful, but it's not that bad, right? It's not that serious. Let's just say it's not that serious. Right. Lean on your mentors for more on how to think and how to process things than how your friends are processing things. Cause then you're going to be guided through this, this very challenging phase, which is adolescence. That's the most challenging phase, right? So it's lean tough. on your mentors more than you lean on your friends. Uh, lean on your friends for certain things for friends, but that only goes so far. Lean on your mentors, mentors more for your, your real deep clarity on processing your emotions and your mental aspects. And that'll, that'll serve you well. 
Okay. Okay. Now, this has been awesome. I'll just say that. But Issei, tell people where they can find you, your website, uh, social media, podcasts, whatever it is. Just tell people where they can find you. They can hear more. They can contact you and they can be a part of what you're doing. Yeah. So on Instagram, I'm at a divine man, a divine man. That's where I'm at on Instagram. And then uh, for my coaching, for the divine man coaching, it's the divine man coaching.com, the divine man coaching.com. And there's some free training, you know, everywhere uh, that you find me on social media, on my website. And uh, if someone's looking for training, if you're a man looking for training, just reach out and we'll have a conversation, see if it's a fit. All right, you heard it from the horse's mouth. Issei, Issei Lulo. Ah, oh, man, I Issei. messed it up. That's why I make sure. Issei, <laughs> just say Issei, Issei. Man, it's been great. I mean, the conversation was, I mean, it was awesome. I hope people just grasp from it whatever you can, even if it's a little bit, if it's a lot. Take what you can, put it into practice, get that thing lined up, and uh, just remember to, uh, you know, respect Respect the position, you know what I'm saying? Respect the male, respect the female dynamic. Uh, signing off for Issei, I'm your host, Tony Rambles. Make sure you guys like, subscribe, download. Hey, throw a comment. If you get to this part of the interview, I want you to put Issei in the comments. I-S-E. Drop that down there, and we know that you're a real one and you made it. Thank you all for watching, and I will see you all in the next round. I think we got it. Yeah, we got it, man. That was wonderful, man. Man.